1: Right now on Fast, a Friday rebound. The Nasdaq closing out a rough week with an almost 4% surge. Apple bouncing off its midweek bottom, fueling the tech recovery. So goes Apple, so goes the market. We'll debate that. Plus, big retail on the clock and the big daddy of them all. Walmart kicks off the earnings parade. It's been moving in the opposite direction of the S&P this year. Can it keep bucking the trend? We'll ask the chart master. And later, we will go shopping with our chart of the week. The former pandemic high flyer that's bounced over 30%. In the last two days, is it still worth a look? We'll pull the traders. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money Live from the NASDAQ Market Site in the heart of Times Square. On the desk tonight Tim Seymour, Courtney Garcia, Brian Kelly, and Guy Adamu. We start off with what might be a turning point for the market. Apple rebounding after touching a seven-month low yesterday to end the day with a gain of over 3%. The stock had fallen nearly 12% for the week at its lows, but rebounded 6% since then. And the rest of the market came along for the ride. Take a look at the gains in the broader indices since Apple hit its bottom Thursday afternoon. The Nasdaq soaring nearly 6% itself. So is Apple's low marked the low for the market. Just the other day, Brian Kelly, we were talking about Apple hitting that low and what it might mean for the market.
2: So... You wanted to ask the same question. Does the inverse apply here? I think it's probably for the short term, maybe a tradable bottom here, right? Apple was that leading indicator, especially when it broke through $150. That was kind of the big thing that the whole entire market was looking for. And so to see it bounce back is encouraging. Um, but what's interesting is if you looked across the board today, we were up 4% in the NASDAQ. We were up you know, multiple percent in other indices. It didn't really feel like this massive rally type of day and that everything was back together. So I think for the time being, do we have a tradable bottom? probably. But things I'm worried about is you saw rates tick up a little bit. We'll talk about energy and oil a little bit later on, but that's a concern. So we're not completely out of the woods, but for the time being, maybe it's a tradable bottom.
1: Yeah, I mean, what was positive out of this week, Courtney, was that we did see people start selling what they loved, right? So Apple, Mm -hmm. Microsoft, I mean, all these sort of big cap tech names that were were touted as being relative defensive plays um, in this kind of market were also being sold, and maybe that was a good sign.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting pretty close to a bottom here. I don't know if this is the bottom itself. Um, I think just kind of anecdotally, we usually get a few clients who actually panic out. I haven't seen that yet. People are getting impatient, but I don't think they're quite panicking yet. But I do really want to look at, over the long run here, I'm not really of the mindset that we have a recession right in the near future here. I think the economy is still in a good standpoint. Profits still look really well. Corporate and personal uh, balance sheets are still looking really strong. So is today the up from here? I hope so. I I honestly, I think we might have a little bit of ups and downs from here, but I think we're getting close.
1: What did you make of this rally, Guy? I'm I'm curious because I feel like you, you would come to this with some degree of skepticism.
3: I'm constantly skeptical, and I know, Mel, because I've sat next to you for so many years, you take copious notes. I don't know what copious means. I just know you're supposed to say it in front of notes, and you've been taking a note saying, we thought collectively that Apple should trade down to 138 uh, that October low. Got down to 138 yesterday. We talked about it last night on the show. I think the bounce today was justified. It probably has room up to 160, which would be a 50% retracement of yesterday's low in the all-time high. I think it all makes sense, but Apple's not impervious to valuation. And quite frankly, at 25 times next year's numbers, it's still an expensive stock. So until that gets down to a more reasonable valuation, I don't think it's over by any stretch.
4: Yeah. Tim? Babe Ruth was the sultan of SWAT. Uh, I would call Apple the sultan of swing in, in a market where, you know, clearly we need to see this largest market cap move lower. By the way, Saudi Aramco this week became the largest company in the world. So uh, it, what's disappointing for market participants, I think, is that Apple uh, has only just started to underperform the market. In fact, I think it's underperformed the S&P. Uh, and despite a rally back off of those lows, I, I, I kind of feel that we need to challenge this. Again, I'll reiterate, um, Apple, much like many of the companies that have reported earnings so far, earnings season was fine. Um, we heard a little bit about gross margins. We heard a little bit about supply constraints. We definitely have heard about inflation. Those are reasons we're paying less for stocks. Also, that rates are significantly higher or going higher. Uh, what we haven't heard is a pullback in demand. And that's, uh, that's phase two of this. That's phase two. That's the consumer. Uh, that's dynamics with uh, a world that we just need probably one or two earning cycles to get to. So um, this was an important week and certainly an important close to the week. Um, but I- I'm not sure that this is what everybody needed to see. To say I'll go.
1: By the way, if you're playing the uh, dire straits drinking game at home, we might have missed Tim's reference the Sultan <laughs> of Swing, so you're behind, um, Bri- <laughs> Brian. We don't Brian, get to play that game here, only I, at I home. Thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bottle of something next to him. Um, in, in terms of Brian, like Dan came on the show yesterday and said that he was starting to leg into a position. Yeah, I, that it was an interesting time to consider that. He's right. not completely, you know, pounding the table bullish, but it's I, time.
2: I think we've priced in a lot of stuff in the market, right? We priced in probably a hard landing. Uh, you've got yields, even though they ticked up a bit. They are lower than they were at the beginning of the week. So that's a positive. There are some positives out there, at least for, like I said, a tradable bottom. I think the real question then becomes, what does this look like? Is it off to the races and we're back in a bull market? I don't think that's the case at all. But you could get a wide range. So Guy talked about Apple going up to 160. You know, you trade Apple 140 to 160. That's a pretty good range to trade. And we might be in that for a while. So you might have to adjust your investment style or your trading style to more of a range trading style rather than, okay, we're back on the bull market and you just buy every dip.
1: Yeah, Guy, you know, we entered this year and, and you were saying that geopolitics were your biggest concern. Are they, where do they fall now? I'm just curious because we've got so much going on, whether it be Russia, Ukraine, and the impacts on inflation and supply chain or even China, I mean, with China with the zero COVID policy being so prolonged at this point, we don't really know how that ripples through, particularly when you're taking a look at some of the real estate developers on the verge potentially of defaulting.
3: Well, people prior to November would say, why worry about geopolitical risk? Tim, I know you caught that, but (laughs) I said, you gotta (laughs) worry about these things because they're they're front and center. And I don't think it's been taken off the table by any stretch of the imagination. And geopolitical, we talked about it last night. If President Xi were to step down or something would happen there, I mean, we're going to talk about energy in a second. I think that would be extraordinarily bullish for energy and energy stocks. And we wonder what happens to the broader market. So geopolitical still front and center. We haven't talked about it for a while, but we should be.
1: Tim, you're shaking your head.
4: Well, I, I, I don't think Guy's suggesting she's going to step down. I think he's saying if he, if he did, it would be energy positive. I, I think there's n- zero chance of she stepping down. And I, I just think this is uh, a lot of speculation at a time when it's easy to, to question who might be in charge. There's only one person in charge in China. Uh, and there's only one person really in charge of global interest rate policy. And I thought the Fed... You know it, you know like it's been money for nothing out there and and this week uh, we went up, we challenged that three twenty five on the ten year that's right number three and and it's a case where I think you 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 had to give some ground back. I think rates were moving too quickly, but that's the big issue here. What are we paying for stocks in an environment where uh, rates continue to go higher? The good news for the other chart that maybe you might have is a chart on the SMH which outperformed. Uh, the S&P, not only this week by about 5%, but has outperformed over the last month. And I talk about semis all the time as being a place where you really do get some sense of where the cyclicality and the growth is. Um, I think semis have great balance sheets. I think they're free cash flow positive. I think the valuations are very different. Still may not be terribly cheap, but this may be the pause. I I, I think we could see a rally in oversold stuff, but I, I still get concerned out two, three months.
1: Yeah. Courtney, it does sound like you are more comfortable with where the markets are valued right here. And again, I think you need to kind of choose wisely here.
0: What you are seeing is a lot of your tech companies are really rebounding here after such a large sell-off they've had, but the macro environment hasn't changed where we are gonna be in a rising rate environment. And hopefully we are gonna see that peak here soon, which I think is a lot of the consensus that maybe inflation isn't quite as high going forward, but it's still gonna likely be a lot higher than it has recently. And so I think you just wanna make sure that some of your um, higher risk, higher duration assets may still continue to underperform. So I think you really wanna look at those companies that have solid cash on their balance sheets. They are gonna do well in, in a rising rate environment and they have that ability to increase our prices going forward. So um, just making sure you're not just picking the things that have been hit the hardest,
1: like your tech firms. They, we are still in a changing environment, so just make sure you're, you're choosing wisely there. All right. Meantime, it is a big week ahead for retail earnings. Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Kohl's, and others all set to report next week. And the chartmaster says one of these names has a potential for a rebound after its results. Let's bring in Carter Worth of Worth Charting for more. Carter, what are you looking at?
5: Well, I thought we'd go with the big one, uh, Walmart. Uh, let's get right to it. Four elements. The first chart is just to put this in perspective. We know that basically you cannot have a more steady uptrend than what you're looking at on your screen. That line is drawn very clearly. Those arrows are what they are. This is from 2015 to present, um, 55 bucks to 160, up and to the right, north by northeast, steady as she goes. All right, more immediately. Second chart, the current sell-off. Let's just uh, study this a bit. What we know is we had a low in february of 131 a high of 161 uh four or five weeks ago and now here at 146 148. so what is that that's a 29 dollar move up it's a 14 half dollar move down 14 and a half is one half of 29. we've retraced 50 percent of the move from the feb low so the next chart depicts that very clearly a retracement of 50 percent there's no magic to that could you retrace 51 or 49 but the point is We've come down 10%. It's a big name that I think has dipped quietly, gently, and is a good setup into earnings. Final chart, they look like railroad tracks, because what you're looking at here is the relationship between Walmart and XLP. Walmart's beta is 0.71. It basically trades like a staple. Um, It's a good name here. We like it.
1: Carter, thank you. We'll see you on OA in just a few. Carter, worth of worth charting. Courtney, do you like Walmart? I do. I think
0: what I really like about Walmart is they are one of these companies that can take advantage of inflation increasing. Um, They're really one of these companies who their goal goal is to keep prices cheaper than their competitors. And even as prices rise, their kind of scale can still keep prices lower than their competitors as they rise, which really puts them in a unique position here. So um, as we hopefully continue to see their numbers come out, I think it'll be really interesting to see how their consumers are continuing to spend, which will also be an, an insight into how the
1: economy is doing. But I do really like Walmart here as a play. Guy, Walmart, Target, or Dollar Gen, your fave.
3: Well, Hmm. oh, so you just did a would you rather rather in order, uh, it would be Target, Dollar Gen, Walmart, but not to cast aspersions of Walmart. And I got to tell you, when Carter is on, you just know that man is way too strong. He does incredible work. Melissa Lee, that was number four, by the way. I figured. I'll say this. Walmart (laughs) is interesting here. Target is more interesting on valuation.
1: You know, when when the traders are off camera, I can still see them in a monitor in front of me. And I can see the Guy was smirking. So he was calculating how he was going to weave in yeah. his next Dire Straits reference into his comment, which is why I went to Guy, because I wanted to see where he was going. <laughs> um, Tim, on Walmart, you like it here into earnings. And, and of
4: course— well, and of course, Mel, you would know them all because I know you're a huge Dire Straits Sheesh. fan. In fact, you told me that making making movies was your favorite album. Look, Walmart is solid rock. I mean, it's a case where this is a company that I think is is certainly very bulletproof valuation wise. Uh, the e-commerce trends that maybe are softening a little bit. Uh, I don't think they necessarily hit Walmart the same way they've obviously hit Amazon. Uh, I like what they're doing there. I, I like the fact that they have a logistics ERP set up that I, I think they've dumped a lot of money into. As Courtney mentioned too, food inflation is good for Walmart. They They can push people around. They have pricing (laughs) power. It helps the top line. Uh, I stay there.
2: Yeah. So I think it's great risk reward here as a trader to look at that. However, what I worry about is the thesis is built on they can raise prices or they're they're able to use scale. What if inflation has peaked? You might want to be careful what you wish for, because that means that demand is declining. So if inflation has peaked, And it stays sticky, but the consumer can't afford to buy anything more. That is going to hurt Walmart. And so I look today when we saw energy prices higher, Dollar General really couldn't get out of its own way. Walmart did okay. But that's the one thing you have to be aware of here, or at least that's the risk to this trade, uh, is that they actually can't raise prices and their consumer can't afford what they used to be able to afford.
1: All right, up next, oil gushing higher, the commodity avoiding its first weekly loss in three weeks. How to trade this comeback plus bargain or bust. Our chart of the week is a retail stock bouncing off two-year lows, the stories, and much more when Fast Money returns.
3: You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.
1: Welcome back to Fast Money Oil, staging a comeback and going positive for the week. Refiners, Marathon Petroleum, Valero, Phillips 66, among the names jumping today. The bullish move coming after President Biden's canceled oil and gas lease sales off the Gulf Coast in Alaska. So what is the best trade here? BK, how do you think about this?
2: Well, you know what? The best trade for me used to be ExxonMobil, but I got out of it because I'm concerned about the political ramifications. Exxon was your final trade yesterday. It was, in fact. Or or on Wednesday, Wednesday. I think it was. Yes, yes. So what we saw today was news that they're going to pass a bill that is going to cap gas prices. So to me, if you're a refiner, whether it's Axon or whether it's uh, Marathon or anything like that, there's no economic incentive to produce more gasoline. So putting aside the fact that it's a ridiculous policy, if I'm an investor in one of these companies, I have to worry about whether or not I'm going to have the margins that I thought I was going to have. So it reminds me very much of healthcare going into the last election. We have midterms coming up Mm. this fall. I think the refinery and oil and energy sector could be this political football. So for me, I got out of that. Now, I trade futures as well. So I traded, I bought into gasoline futures because that's a much more pure play for me. I'm not saying these stocks can't go up. I'm just saying this is a new risk that they didn't have two days ago. Yeah. Guy?
3: Heavy fuel. you got to be long fuel here. And I said, Devin, last night, look at the move in some of these names. The oil trade is not over by any stretch of the imagination. And every opportunity to crater the commodity a week or so ago. It didn't do it. That, by the way, in the wake of a dollar that's only gone higher. Can you imagine if the dollar starts to sort of moderate here? What's going to happen to crude? So I think there's another, like, higher. Stay in the levered name, PSX, APA, Devin. And OIH held 245. Stayed along that as well, Melbs.
1: Yeah, Corny, what do you think about oil?
0: Yeah, actually, I, I have to agree here. I, I'm very optimistic on energy. I think we're going to continue to see this move forward here. And we're already seeing um, oil prices are, what, $110 a barrel right now. And that's as China is still shut down. So there's this huge demand that hasn't even gone in toward energy yet. They can very well bring it higher. And to your point about regulations, um, A, if we have to see if that actually goes through. But B, let's say they're capping that. I think one thing you have to remember is the energy price these energy companies got so much more lean and mean on their balance sheets back in 2020 when things were so poor. So even with energy prices where they at, they can even come down, they're still so much um, above their break even points
1: that I think it's really a, still a good play to hedge against yeah. inflation and look at some further growth. Tim, do you buy that? Balance sheets are better so they can sort of weather well, do- this.
4: That, that's number one. I love it. Um, you know, if you think about the story here uh, and again, 15 years ago, the story for the energy sector and investors was one of Romeo and Juliet. That's number five, by the way. Um, And and now you went through this place where energy companies grew at all costs. It didn't grow in favor of energy investors. The balance sheets got blown up. Uh, All of these companies, but notably uh, Philip Chevron, and then slow to follow. But now, you know, Exxon breaks even on their dividend at $35 oil. Uh, I think this is a very different approach to CapEx. Conoco just raised... Uh, there's about eight percent. I think they they can do it. I think they have more exposure to the upstream commodity. So I like to stay in the vertically integrated names. But Schlumberger has been along for a long time. It's an innovation company. It's cash flow positive, even through their worst times. uh, And I think drilling will continue. So the the weighting of energy to the S&P at four percent is so grossly underweighted. um, It's going higher. And that's a tailwind.
1: Coming up, the safer way to go bottom fishing than just with a rod in a dream. But first, our chart of the week, this e-commerce stock getting a price jump after hitting two year lows, the big reveal when Fast Money returns. Back to fast money time to reveal our chart of the week. It is Shopify, the beaten down e-commerce stock hitting a low on Thursday, not seen since March of 2020. Shares bouncing back after the company CEO announced plans to buy stock up nearly 14% and 30% since Wednesday. Guy, this was your pick for chart of the week. Why?
3: I thought it's interesting. I mean, down 78 At one point yesterday, stock was down 78% from its all-time high. Now. Granted, it should have never been there in the first place. I think even the folks at Shopify would agree. But you know, at current levels, it's trading at about seven and a half, eight times revenue, which I got to tell you something is a lot more reasonable than some of these names we've seen. And it traded down to that March twenty twenty low and bounced. So for me, that's a tradable bottom off an oversold condition. Uh, we were clearly overbought, oversold. Now I like Shopify here.
1: By the way, it wasn't just Shopify. Pulling a comeback this week. Check out the rebound in a couple of tech darlings in one pandemic play since hitting multi year lows yesterday. Amazon, for one, up more than 10%. Yeah. Nvidia, and Netflix, both rising double digits. DocuSign, up a whopping 22% since Thursday's bottom. Would you buy any of these, Courtney?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of these are getting sold, I think more so than are justified. I think a lot of the concern right now, too, is that the consumer is not going to be able to spend as much as inflation's kicking in. Uh, but now we're seeing things like Bank of America card data came out, for example, and it's showing that people are continuing to spend on discretionary items. And that's things where some of your retailers like um, Shopify can actually benefit from that. And that's happening as inflation's kicking in. And that's happening across your different income levels. Both your lower income and your higher income are continuing to spend as wages go up. And I think people are overly worried that that's going to stop. And I'm just not seeing that in the data right now. But I think you, you can take advantage of the fact that people are overly worried and prices are lower than they should be.
1: Did we see the bottom in Netflix, Tim?
4: I'm not going to call a bottom on anything here, but I, I'll tell you, I, I would choose to actually go with Amazon uh, on these comeback kids just because I, I think the e-commerce trends are very much in their favor. Horizontal platforms like theirs should have less impact. I, I think we priced in a lot of pain. Uh, it doesn't mean that people still wonder what uh, a company like this is worth. But this is this to me is one you're, you're picking at here. And this is one on valuation. Uh, I realize relative to itself, absurdly cheap relative to the market. It kind of makes sense here.
1: When you put this together with Apple, which we discussed at the top of the show, bouncing as a mosaic of the markets, Brian Kelly,
2: do you feel a little bit better about today's... I mean, it makes me still feel like it's tradable bottom and a bounce, right? I mean, you know, yeah. Did we we stop the selling? Is that selling exhausted for the time being? Absolutely. I'm just still skeptical that this is the beginning of a new bull market by any means at all. You know, so if I look at all of those names that are just completely bombed out, which is Shopify and Carvana and DocuSign and all of that, Sure. Can you trade them here? I wouldn't trade them after they bounce 30 percent. You get a little pullback next week. Maybe it's a place to try to pick at it and, and, and for a trade. But I don't think we're headed into a brand new bull market.
1: Could Walmart or some of the other retail names next week, Guy, depending on what they say on the consumer, give us sort of the next uh, you know, leg higher?
3: I don't think the retailers are going to take us the broader market higher. I think some retailers make a lot of sense. And we sort of talked about the three that I like. But I don't think they're going to be some sort of statement as to the health of the consumer or the health of the broader market. So as much as I would like to say that, Melms, mm. I can't right now.
1: All right. Time for the final trade. Around the horn we go. Tim.
4: Energy space, slumberger. you know, if you're heading down to the water line or offshore drilling, these are the guys to own.
0: Courtney like in the airlines I'd go Delta here their revenues expected to be at 97% at 2019 levels but we're still trading 30% lower I think that's a buy guy
3: before you go twisting by the pool folks it's still a little cold out there I'm gonna tell you quickly seven? the Rangers will seven. absolutely skate away with the game six victory that's eight uh, APA Corp love energy BK I love nice. when guy talks basketball
2: uh, you know what? I'm going to go in the energy sector as well, but I'm going to sell Exxon Mobil, putting my money where my mouth is. I just think the political risk is too high. That doesn't mean that I don't think the energy is going higher. So far away. So far, <laughs> so far away. There comment. you go. All right. That does a frozen fast girl.
1: money. Do not go anywhere. Options action is up next.
2: What's on the horizon for financial markets?